0: fellowship oh come on good morning Firewell Bible fellowship good morning. it is good to be together it is Sunday and we are gathered together in the Lord's house this is a house of resurrection okay that is going to click that is going to make sense there is a point in the message where you're gonna go oh, this is a house of resurrection because what is resurrection taking something that is dead and raising it to life and in Christ he is the resurrection and the life and we are gathered together because we have been resurrected we have come to worship there was a time in our life when we only worshipped fallen things and today we worship the glorious king amen so we're going to stand together as the resurrected ones who await Our full resurrection. When Christ returns, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for our salvation today. Our true worship, you are our praise. You are our life and our breath. We pray this morning that our worship would be pleasing to you as we sing gathered together here in this place and at home. We gather together in spirit and truth that when we even are apart, we are together in our praise and our worship, the true church all over the earth, worshiping you, honoring you, glorifying you, our Lord Jesus, our Father in heaven, Holy Spirit, fill us with your breath this morning as we return to you, our right sacrifice of praise. We pray, Jesus, that you would raise us continually to new life. That, Lord, when we find ourselves getting deeper and deeper in the pit, we cry out and we are saved. Please bring your salvation to this place. Save us fresh and anew this morning. We are your resurrected ones, gathered in your house of resurrection. You be glorified above all. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and sing together.
1: So good morning, Firewheel. Before we begin, I would like to thank Brody Barnes, who has been playing with us this summer. Um, He came back up on the platform with us this summer, and we've been so blessed to have him. Um, He graduated high school from Rowlett High School this past year, and he's off to college. So we wish you the best. We'll miss you. And whenever you're home on break, please come play with us, because it's obvious this boy has... Music and worship in his heart, and that's what he lives for. So, uh, again, we're so blessed to have him. So, thank you, Brody. Here we go.
2: I was lost with a broken heart. Me up Now I'm set apart from the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words could say i follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways Forever free in unending grace Cause you are, you are, you are my freedom queen sun down and set me free everything of this world will fade I'm pressing on till I see your face I will live that you will be done and I won't stop till your kingdom comes. cause you are you are you are the same
1: and here, To believe that there is nothing left to fear And that you alone are high above it all You might find a greater still And no sky contains No doubt restraints you are the greatness of our God. I spend my life to you know
2: and I'm far from close to all you
1: are, the
2: greatness of our God. And no sky contains, no doubt restrains all you are, the greatness.
1: Greatness of our God has spent my life, you know.
2: No! Oh. Your children, their children, their children, may His presence go before you, and behind you, and beside you, all around you, and within you. He is with you, He is with you in the morning, in the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping, and rejoicing, He is for It's for you, it's for you.
0: Or should I say, Amen? Nice. All right, let's open our Bibles. Everybody say word. Hey, good participation, y'all get a star. Um, We're turning to Mark chapter five, and as we do, as we turn to Mark chapter five, and as we continue our three-part study. Uh, Desperations of faith. I want to give you a few announcements uh, and I'll kind of rattle through these rather rapidly Sunday morning gatherings They're meeting at 9 a.m. If you're in a Sunday morning gathering, you knew that already If you would like to be a part of a Sunday morning gathering information is on our website Uh, Morning devotionals uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning I am on Facebook live on the firewall Facebook page have had great participation have heard back from those who have participated in those morning devotionals at 730 that it has given them a boost and an encouragement as they start their day. And I got to tell you, it's giving me an encouragement. So if you would please bless me as we are blessed together, and I have the privilege of being a blessing to you, 730 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Facebook. Uh, Parents of children, elementary and preschool parents, grab a blanket, Come hang out outside as a family on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. That is beginning this week, August 5th. We have kid-friendly Bible time and activities. And here's what's great, parents. We are going to empower you to disciple your kids. You all okay with that? We are going to give you the tools necessary so you can have Bible study. You are going to lead your family uh, in the activities and the things that are being discussed. That will be wonderful. Social distancing, of course. And you will be together as a family. Faith and baptism. If you are interested in being baptized, we are going to have a baptism service on August 23rd. I'll tell you more about that service in just a moment. But if you would like to know more of what it means to be a Christian, okay? And as I talk through today's message... I'm going to speak about taking some next steps with Jesus and for you this morning and for you at home Your next step with Jesus may be placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ And maybe you've got questions about that or maybe you have never been baptized And you feel like it is time for you to take that next step with Jesus I would like you to go online click on faith and baptism It is a tile on our website that will immediately give you a form fill it out and we will follow up with you this week It's too important and I said this last week, if it's too much work, right? Like if it's too big a step to have to go online and there's a lot of clicks, you gotta click on you know, gotta click here, you gotta click there. If that's too much for you right now, that's okay. You're not ready. But I, I'm praying that God would bring about such a spirit of need. That you'll be willing to do anything and everything to take a next step with Jesus We're going to try to make that as simple as possible Uh, And then I would like you to save the date, August 23rd We are going to have a big outdoor service Okay, we're going to put up tents We're going to bring our worship service outside And we are going to have a massive worship service Okay, we're going to invite anybody who wants to come and worship together Because I got to tell you, there's something special about singing together, isn't there? There is something significant about when we gather together. And I just feel like I need to stress, we're not going to let the coronavirus stop us from being Christians. Amen? I am over that. We are going to have baptism we are going to take communion. We are going to study the word together We are going to sing together. Yes, we're going to do everything we can to be safe august 23rd We are going to blow the roof off our parking lot and we are going to say hello to our neighbors And we're going to crank it up and we are going to worship together anyway august 23rd so this morning uh, Have a message and, and and this has become kind of a part of our morning. We all realize. That if this message is left to me, okay, in my little frail hands, it's five little loaves and two fish It is insufficient to feed And so what we're going to do together is we're going to ask the lord to take this message We are going to place this message in his capable hands and we are going to ask three things We are going to ask that he bless, break, and then feed to those and provide for those who have a need And we all have a need, correct? Uh Uh-huh so this morning, Lord Jesus, we approach you together as a family. We approach you together. And while we were at home, we ask that you would take this message. Lord Jesus, you asked the disciples to feed the crowd. They had five little loaves and two fish. Insufficient for such great need. And this morning, this message in my hands is insufficient for the great need that is expressed here and among your people. And so, Lord, we entrust this message to you. We place it in your hands and we ask the morning, that you would bless this message, that you would break it, and that you would distribute it to each one of us as we have a need. There's different parts of our lives where we have needs. You perfectly minister to every one of those needs in such a way that it is the miraculous work of your Holy Spirit, and so we ask this morning that you would do the work and that we would be blessed by it, and in return, we would bless you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Now, this is the second message in our Desperations of Faith series. And I'm going to make a statement that is going to seem quite jarring, but it's reality. There is nothing more desperate than death. There is nothing more desperate than death. It is that place where we or those we love depart from this life into the shadowy mystery of the next. And caught up in death is this, is this fear of sickness or suffering or pain or this, this unknowing, this looming sense that death is kind of like just around the corner. And as a culture right now, death is on our minds. Every single day, we are getting a report of how many people have died because of the coronavirus. We are thinking about death daily. It is in front of us daily. It is constantly before us. And in fact, as a culture, we're turning to things like death cafes where people are gathering together online to talk about death and trying to figure out how to process it. And as Christians and as believers, we have to face the reality of death and how do we process this as believers? When we are faced with the desperation of death, Whether we know Jesus as just a name and a few scattered reports, or we know Jesus intellectually, or we know Jesus at the core of our being, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that will shake us to the core of our faith like death. And nothing, I mean nothing, will shake us more than the suffering and or sickness of our children. I have heard parents talk about the suffering and sickness of their children and even their deaths and have likened it to drowning. With each passing wave being sucked under, they, they swear it's their last moment. They come up for one desperate gasp to be pulled under again. We turn to Mark 5 where we are going to encounter a desperate father. Believe no more desperate person in the scriptures. This is a well-respected Jewish leader esteemed in his culture, but we will see that all dignity will be set aside. All pageantry and ego will be surrendered and all reservations that he may have had as it related to Jesus are all out the window because Jesus had healed others and this father had seen it and he had only one hope left. He'd exhausted all other treatments and all other medicine and solutions and hearing that Jesus had come to his city of Capernaum, He goes and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus with the most desperate of prayers. We are going to see the undignified desperation of a father in Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. The text reads, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, one of the esteemed religious leaders, Jairus by name, and seeing Jesus, he went and fell. It's more, more likened to him throwing himself at the feet of Jesus. In my opinion, this is the quintessential picture of desperation. And in the culture, people would have looked at, at Jairus as being completely unrational or irrational and being undignified. He's throwing himself at the feet of this itinerant preacher. But you know what? Here's the reality. Desperation and crisis will push us past the masks Of our false dignity. We will do undignified things. Like fall before Jesus and surrender our life to Jesus and release control. Honestly, I feel like as believers we can be a little too dignified in our relationship with Jesus. I feel it like at times we carry on in our desperate lives, yet we approach Jesus like we would an acquaintance at the grocery store. And Jesus is like, "How are you doing??" We're like, ah, we're doing good. everything's fine. Everything's great,, ah, ah, ah. even though we're dying inside. Our egos keep us from throwing ourselves at his feet and fully laying our lives down. The Lord Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we're weary, and we're heavy laden, and we're like, it's not that bad. We carry on in this crushing existence. All the while, the Lord Jesus offers us rest. This man, Jairus, he didn't care who was watching. He didn't care what was looking on or what they thought or how they perceived him going forward. This man was utterly desperate, for at this moment, Jesus was his only hope. And I wish we could—I pray that we can wrap our minds around this reality, and I hope this sinks in for just a second. Jesus is our only hope. Every other thing, every other person— Every other outcome that we place our hope in is going to fill us. And I pray that the Lord Jesus will continually lead us to places to realize that He is our only hope. Because we get spiritually blinded to that all the time. Verse 23, and He throws Himself at Jesus' feet and He pleads and He implores and He's earnestly, desperately praying. And in my opinion, this statement that he is about to make, it literally drips with desperation. It is one of the most desperate statements in the Scriptures. My little daughter, my little girl is at the point of death. There is no more desperate person on earth. Than a parent with a sick child. A parent will do anything, everything. And this man believed, and rightly so, he believed that there were healing, there was healing in the hands of Jesus. He cries out please come, hurry, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Family, Jesus is the great physician. There is healing in his hands. And in passages like this, I am challenged to say, okay, be careful with this because Jesus doesn't heal every physical sickness. But I'm like, whoa, well, where's the faith in that? Jesus does heal. There is healing in his hands. He heals physically, he heals spiritually and emotionally. There is healing in his hands. Does he heal absolutely every physical ailment? No. But we pray by faith, and in the Scriptures, we are literally told to pray for the healing of the saints. And this man, in desperation, believes that there is healing in the hands of Jesus. And so the great physician turns towards Jairus' home. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him. But as we saw last week, Jesus is delayed. Because as you remember, there's this big crowd thronging around Jesus, and this sick woman slips into the crowd and reaches out in desperation. In fact, if you read Mark chapter five this week, I encourage that you do. It is literally a chapter of desperation. We first find a man in the tombs cutting himself with stones, crying out night and day, cannot find healing or hope. The only hope he had is Jesus. We find Jairus who has no hope. He's expended everything. His only hope is Jesus. And then there is this woman who slips into the narrative, breaks in like a thief does into the kingdom of God, and Her only hope is jesus. It is literally a chapter of desperation And her only prayer and her only thought is if only I reach out to jesus I will be saved And the moment Her fingertip graced his garment She was immediately healed And more importantly as we saw last week her identity Jesus redeems our dirty little identities She goes from dirty to daughter and we're like, yes, this is beautiful She is physically healed. She is spiritually and emotionally and eternally healed She is restored before her community But all of that as jesus is having this conversation with his new spiritual daughter News comes that jairus's little daughter his little girl has died In this delay and the question is, why? Jesus, why? Why did you have to stop? Why did you have to turn around and say, Who touched me? Why did you have to have this conversation with this woman who is healed of her infirmity? Couldn't that have conversation have happened later? Didn't he realize the desperation that when when Jairus threw himself at Jesus' feet and said, Please come? He was like, No. But he delays. It's very much like when he gets news that his friend Lazarus is dying and Mary and and Martha are waiting for Jesus to show up and he dies and they're like, why didn't you come? Why did you delay? You ever felt that way? You ever felt that way in your life? Maybe you feel that right now that you're getting to the end of yourself and like you're desperate and you're at the end of your rope and you're like, why is he delaying? Because we are led and being led into greater faith. Jesus calls the man to faith and not fear. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, that is Jesus, while he's still speaking to the woman who was healed, there came from the ruler's house some who said to to him, listen to how blunt this is, your daughter's dead. And then they add, why bother the teacher anymore? There's nothing that Jesus can do for you now. I can imagine at that moment, Jairus plummets into the pit. Why trouble the teacher? That that statement... As it rattles around in my mind, it just this cynicism and doubt and criticism in those words. They are fear words. Jesus cannot help you today, family. We are being bombarded with words and reports and messages messages of fear. The messengers of fear are spreading their toxic gospel daily. Family, the great and global pandemic right now, it is not coronavirus. The great pandemic is the pandemic of fear. It is affecting and infecting the hearts and minds of the faithful. And this is what's what's so crazy. Fear and its messengers are everywhere. Believer, You who have trusted your life to Jesus, or you who are like considering trusting your life to Jesus, I want you to hear something right now, and you please do not miss this. Please listen. Our hope is not in our economy. Our hope is not to be found in politics or in a vaccine. Or that somehow every physical ailment we have will be healed. Check this out. As far as the economy, we store up treasure in heaven. As far as politics, we are citizens of the kingdom under the theocratic rule of God. When it comes to a vaccine, we trust ourselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ and we are vaccinated against the toxin of sin and death. And when it comes to our physical ailments and the suffering and the sickness in Christ, we are told that in eternity those things are called former things that pass away that in comparison to the glory of Christ, we will call them light and momentary. When the world and its messengers preach their gospel of fear, attempting to lead us to believe that there is nothing that Jesus can do for us now, we all the more need to stand firm in our faith. Recognizing family that the messengers of fear are only the messengers of the evil one The next time you turn on that television set or the next time you read that report or the next time You you're inundated with content and it's these messages of fear I want you to remind yourself the messengers of fear are the messengers of the evil one And I am not going to believe Jesus turns to Jairus and Jesus turns to us this morning and he declares to us, stop listening to those messengers of fear and have faith. Verse 36 But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. This is profound. This is a spiritual command. Jesus here is saying you're invited into spiritual sanity. That in Christ we do not have to fear, and the question we have to ask is like, why is fear such a big deal? Because we fear, we're scared, we got a lot of things we're, fe- we're fearful about, right? Why shouldn't we fear? I'm gonna give you a few reasons of why you shouldn't fear, you can go ahead and write these down. One, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. It convinces us to believe things that are not true. Oh, he's forsaken me. He's taken me this far to drop me. I will never see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Fear is a liar. Fear is also a thief. It steals from us spiritual vitality. There are those times and those seasons when we are experiencing like the peace of his presence and the stillness of, of being near the Lord and we we're like being still and we know that He is God and then all of a sudden we get a little knock at the door of our hearts. Telegram! I know some of our younger saints are like, what was, what's that? And we open that little door We're like, eh, come on in. And that little fear message comes into our hearts and it begins to spread its toxin and then all of a sudden we're off to the races and our spiritual vitality is stolen. Fear is a liar, it is a thief, and here it is, it is a taskmaster. It places us in chains. Romans eight fifteen. for you did not receive the spirit of slavery or of bondage to fall back into fear. Before Christ, that was my life. Fear drove everything. Shackled to fear. But we did not receive the spirit of bondage, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters. And in that spirit, you know what we cry out? Abba, Father. Daddy. Is there any more tender term? Maybe mommy (laughs) There are times where our little Boys when they were itty bitties they would get Scared And they would cry out in the night Daddy Mommy They probably cried out mommy more Because mommy was a little bit more Responsive to that cry (laughs) I just Feel like I need to like full disclosure Like I needed to throw that Part in there Because if I had you believing that I was like Johnny on the spot They were more like mommy And then if somehow mommy was not available Then comes daddy Anyway The illustration still carries But they would cry out in the middle of the night And one of us (laughs) You all know who that person probably was Came running And we wrap our arms around our littles Don't we You don't have to be scared.
2: You're safe.
0: And we cry out in our fear and our worry, Abba, Daddy! And he wraps his tender and loving arms around us. You don't have to be scared. You're safe. I have you. Do not fear, Jairus only believe, and I'm going to tell you right now, the only antidote to fear is greater faith in Jesus. That's the only vaccine against fear. Greater faith. And that's why it's so important, family, that we grow our faith, and we mature mature our faith, and we cling to our faith, and we walk by faith, and we run the race of faith, and we embrace our faith, and that is why I, I think right now all the more people are like, Okay, so what's this whole faith thing about? And believers who have often treated Christianity and their faith like a condiment, like, hey, life's pretty good, and I just like squeeze on a little bit of Jesus and everything's just a little bit better, are starting to realize that condiment Jesus offers no true hope or foundation. When the storms come, the water rises, and the wind blows. And all of a sudden people are like, he he, he can't just be my condiment, he's got to be the center of my life. And right now, we are being challenged to grow in our faith, and thank God. Because our lives are founded on faith. Jesus was calling Jairus to believe, to entrust his life to Jesus, and I believe that is what Jesus is calling us to do more and more today. Trust your life to Jesus. Begin your journey of faith by trusting your life to Jesus. Continue your journey of faith by trusting your life to Jesus, because Jesus doesn't just save us once and done. He saves us every day. He's the everyday Savior. Our eternal salvation is in Christ, but our daily salvation is also in Christ. They continue on towards Jairus' home, and verse 38 is where we'll pick up. Jesus dismisses the crowd. He takes with himself Peter, James, and John, and they arrive at the house, and there's this commotion. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, verse 38, and Jesus saw a commotion and people weeping and wailing loudly. There was this big show going on. And in this culture, it was expected that there would be a big exaggeration of sorrow. And in fact, if a person was important enough, they would hire professional weepers and wailers. Tell me that's not weird. What do you do for a living? I'm a professional weeper. I'm really good (laughs) Wow, you are really good at that Can you wail? I can wail Yeah, I wail too And there were, there were these professional people that would travel around and make a big old show of it But at this, at this point in time, Jesus has one really honest and direct question Why in the world are you weeping and wailing for someone I am about to raise from the dead? Why in the world are we weeping and wailing for those Jesus is going to raise from the dead? Verse 39, and when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. That is laughable. I mean, honestly, like, it seems so calloused because, no, the child is dead. They know it, okay? The spirit has left the body. No breath, no pulse, no life. I have sat bedside as someone has passed from this life to the next when the Spirit leaves the body, and there's no doubt. Like, they're not there. They're physically there, but they're not there. They were not confused. But then I have to ask the question, who is this Jesus that can call death a nap? Who is this Jesus who can say that death is just a nap? Well, as we read in John chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the one who has risen, and I am the one who raises. He goes on to say, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he what? So shall he what? You will what? Though you die, you will what? Let that truth permeate the spiritual heart. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never what? Say this, I shall never die. I shall never die. And then I'm going to go, well, yes, you will. Ah. The reality is 100% of us will physically die. Unless the Lord returns and we are resurrected to newness of life, his return could be at any single moment. So be ready, hand to the plow, don't look back but if that doesn't come between now and our death day you know what here's the reality we will physically die but we will rise to eternal life and in that we will never die yes physical Dave, uh, death happens physical Dave I'm sorry Dave whoever you are but you got thrown into this physical Dave's happen what I meant to say was physical death but Dave you might have been sleeping that might have been a spiritual thing morning Dave Well, here's the reality. Death is just a nap, and the grave is temporary parking for the believer. And so here's something. I'm going to say something that's going to seem a little calloused at first, but it's rooted in the gospel. I understand that memorials are sad and sorrowful. But you know what? Far too many Christians weep and wail and carry on at memorials. For a person who is in the Lord's presence, that be, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we are literally told in the scriptures to not weep and wail as those who have no hope. And I'll tell you right now that when somebody passes from this life into the next and they are carried into the Lord's presence and they are in his perfect presence of peace, they are not looking for a refund. The truly sorrowful memorial. and I have pastored over them. as the memorial for a person to which the family isn't sure. I have seen families cling to bookmarks found in boxes at the back of closets with John 3.16 on it, and that's all they have is their shred of hope. For the unbeliever, death is, it's death, it's eternal death. Death That is utterly sorrowful But for the believer Death is just a nap Can I just I just want to I just want to say to you Parents, grandparents, family, friends Brothers, sisters Whoever you are Please Please leave no doubt Please prioritize And live your life for Christ So that when your family Is planning your memorial service They don't just pull out of their pocket A bookmark and put it on my desk Let them pull out a bible That is so marked up That your fingerprints are literally on it And your family will treasure it It'll be the great heirloom That is passed down They're not going to sit there And fight over the bank account Because they're going to have your bible And it's going to mean everything to them. To be able to sit and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will honor the Lord and we have spiritual children. We've watched God save our kids and our grandkids. The miracle of those who truly live for Christ. Leave your family, no doubt. But then the people, we turn back to Mark 5, 40. Jesus said, she's not dead, but sleeping. They laugh at him. Why did they laugh at Jesus? Because they don't have spiritual eyes to see or spiritual ears to hear or to recognize who's actually in their presence. Jesus had had enough shenanigans. He drives them out like he did the changers at the temple. Because in the temple... There was no room for changes because that was supposed to be a house of prayer. And you know what? This house that Jesus is entering into, Jairus' house, it is not to be a house of hopeless death because it is about to be the house of resurrection. That when Jesus enters into a life, it is now the house of resurrection. You are the temple of the living God. You will be raised Eternal. He put them all outside, and he took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went into where the child was. And here's the beauty. Jesus raises the dead, and here's our hope. Mark chapter 5, verse 41. Taking her by the hand, he said to her in Aramaic, Talitha kumai, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. He takes her by the hand. He commands her to life, and immediately, that moment, <gasps> She is raised up and got up and began walking around in the text says for she was 12 years of age that's an interesting note the woman who was healed of her infirmity how long did she suffer for 12 years every single year this girl was alive and this girl at 12 years old is raised to new life and they were immediately overcome with amazement why because resurrection is amazing Jesus takes her by the hand and commands her to wake from sleep. And at that moment, her spirit returned and united with her body, and she took her full breath. This is a physical picture of the reality of what awaits us, that though we physically die, our spirit goes to be with the Lord. But there is a moment when Christ will raise our eternal body, and our spirit will be brought together with our eternal body, and we will be raised. This is a passage of resurrection. And this is the beautiful picture. Are you all ready for this? Check this out. This little girl is raised to life. She is resurrected. That when Jesus said, arise, we could also translate that, resurrect. And she is risen. And she's reunited. With her mom and her dad. Some of us, Our hearts are more and more in heaven because more and more of the people we love are there. And there will be a day in Christ where we are resurrected and those who are in Christ will be resurrected and we will be reunited with them for eternity. Jesus prepares to depart from Jairus' home. He strictly charged them that no one should know this, verse 43, which is strange. You're like, why wouldn't Jesus want others to know this? Because here's the deal. It was supposed to be a private miracle that one day would be shared, but Jesus had not come to just attract a crowd. He was not looking for miracle junkies. He came to heal of our eternal disease, and that was going to come when he died on the cross and was raised from the dead. If Jesus just came to heal our physical infirmities, y'all, we are eternally hopeless. He came to heal of, us, of, us, of our eternal disease. And through faith, one day we will die, but we ourselves will be raised. And I love how this ends, because at the end of verse 43, Jesus goes and and tells them to give her something to eat. Isn't that a weird note? Apparently getting raised from the dead makes us hungry which is why I believe that when Jesus resurrects us, he immediately invites us to the marriage supper of the Lamb where he puts out a spread where we will eat and drink and we will celebrate in the Lord's presence dressed in the white robes of righteousness. Amen? Let this be our true hope. Some next steps, and I I intentionally call these next steps Because we do, we need to walk out our faith We need to take steps of faith We cannot just sit on the sidelines of faith And expect divine power to work in our life True faith, evidenced by action, activates divine power So here are some next steps I would like to encourage you in this week Get a little undignified this week (laughs) I love this We're a little too prim and proper around Jesus, aren't we? How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing fine. (laughs) I'm pretty good. I'm doing great. (sighs) Even though we are spiritually struggling, he's like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. We're like, it's not that bad. Get a little undignified. Fall at his feet. Start each day on your knees like... Lord Jesus, save me. Save me from myself today. Save me from sin. Please, show me who I can love today. How I can live out faith. Lead me through today, Lord. I surrender my life to you. First thing, like, get out of bed. Like, army roll onto your knees. And like, first thing. That was the worst army roll ever. But it carries the point. It's a physical posture of utter dependence. Ask for help. I surrender to you. Because prim and proper, they have no place in the Christian's life. It is a it is a, it is a walk of desperation, it is a, a daily minute by minute act of desperation and of surrender. I love the worship of David. There was a time where the, the, the tabernacle or the, or the ark was being brought into Jerusalem, and David danced before the Lord, and he, he, was, he was hands raised and heart abandoned in worship, and, and a person came and said, Oh, how undignified for a king. How shameful. And David said, I will become more undignified than this. And so this week I want to encourage us pray like Elijah dance like David worship and sing like the angelic hosts around the throne Preach like Paul and Peter study like the Bereans sit at his feet like Mary and serve like the master Amen Mm -hmm. Secondly do not fear this week Only believe faith not fear I want that to be your mantra going through this week Faith, not fear, 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 faith, not in myself, faith, not fear, faith in Christ, not fear. We are being bombarded by fear and, and messages, messages and messengers of fear. Y'all, if we're spending more time focused on our economy as a country and we're forgetting about the eternal economy, something has gone spiritually wrong. If we are focusing on politics and we have somehow spiritually convinced ourselves that our hope is Donald Trump or our hope is Biden, something has gone spiritually and terribly wrong. If we have gotten to the place where our only hope is that somehow there's going to be a physical vaccine for the coronavirus, we have forgotten that this sickness may be set aside, but guess what? There's another one quickly on its heels. Because we live in a fallen world, and there is sickness, and there is death. If our only hope is in the things of this world, our hope will disappoint us. Our true hope is Jesus, and the more that we grow in our faith in Jesus, the more that our faith will grow and fear will flee when the world and its messengers preach their gospel of fear, attempting to lead us to believe that there is nothing that Jesus can do for you now. And I assure you, the messengers of fear are the messengers of the evil one, and they want to convince you that there is nothing that Jesus can do for you now. We all the more need to stand firm in our faith. And so I want to say this right now. We need to be inundating ourselves with faith messages, with messengers of faith, passages of faith, prayers of faith, To grow more and more in our faith with Christ. To take those next steps. To place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today's the day. What are you waiting for? To say on August 23rd, you know what? I'm going to be baptized. I'm going to take that next step. You know what? I'm going to wake up and at 7.30 in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to go to Facebook because I'm already on Facebook, right? Scroll, 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 scroll. Tell me that isn't a place of messages of fear and insanity, and spiritual sickness, and puppies. Don't forget the puppies, Pastor Chris. But then we can turn to our Facebook page and we can see messages of hope and of faith. And you know what? You're going to encourage me, and I'll encourage you, and we'll be encouraged together. Inundate yourself with faith this week. Open your scriptures. Grow in your walk. Army roll onto your knees. Start the day and surrender. Surrender family, grow our, we need to grow our faith and mature our faith and cling to our faith and walk by faith and run the race of faith and embrace our faith as if it is the greatest thing we possess because family, it's the greatest thing we possess. Throughout Mark chapter 5, people were desperate and they were aware that their only hope is Jesus and my prayer is this week, we come to fully grasp that our only hope is Jesus and then finally, when Jesus takes us up by the hand, that's our true hope isn't it? There's going to be a day where he takes us by the hand and he says, arise. And we'll be reunited. And we will be with him around his throne. And my prayer is that this week, That more and more we would trust in that reality we would meditate on that reality of what truly awaits us in the next life And that would give us greater faith to face what we face in this life Lord jesus we thank you for our eternal hope But today lord, I know there are some who are hearing my voice who do not have an eternal hope They have not placed their faith in you jesus if that is you, and you have not received Jesus as your Savior, and the quietness of your heart, tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe, I believe that you, were, you have been crucified, that you died and you were buried and you have risen. Please, Jesus, save my life. That thought in your heart right now, if only I reach out to Jesus, I will be saved. Reach out to Jesus, and at that moment, immediately, you pass from death to life, from blindness to sight. You are raised to a new life. If that is you this morning, welcome to the family of God. You are a son or a daughter of the living God. Your Father in heaven is Abba, Daddy. That is truly who you are in Christ. For us as believers now together, Lord Jesus, compel us, push us, encourage us, champion us through others our faith that we could cheer others on and we could be cheered on that our faith can grow and we pray that as those messages of fear and those messengers of fear come that we would put them in that right category as being something of the evil one and we would turn to you in greater faith that we would find our faith and our strength in you that we would build our life on you lord jesus that even when the rains fall and the floods come and the winds blow our lives would be established and founded on the rock that is you jesus As we step out into this week, I pray that we would step out in faith, that our feet would be firmly planted in your word. That we would set out this week to leave our family with no doubt that, yes, we are a people of faith. We pray, we study, we grow, we serve, we worship, we love, we lay our lives down. All for your glory, Lord Jesus. We thank you today for our time together, gathered together here in person and at home. Please lead us to those next steps. We pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, let's stand together and stretch. Give God, let's give the Lord a wave offering. For it's time. Go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Surrender your life, honor all men, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Now let's carry that love outside these doors, amen. You at home, carry that love to the rest of the world. Have a great week. Thank you.